Welcome to Footnotes, the Roar podcast where we explore the stories in and around the McGill Library and Archives. Nothing is off topic. We share stories from our collections that are off the wall, out of the box, off the shelves, from us to you, wherever you get your podcast. We have short pods like this one, called Footnotes, and longer pieces, called Voices from the Footnotes. Look for these on the website. While the library doors have been closed due to COVID-19, the library staff have been busy. This is the first in a series where we get to know the people behind the desk, or, in the case of the pandemic, behind the screens. Join us as we meet the librarians, archivists, and staff at Roar, the rare collections at the McGill Libraries and Archives. Before we begin, we acknowledge that McGill University is situated on the traditional territory of the Ganyagahaga, a place which has long served as a site of meeting and exchange amongst nations. We recognize and respect the Ganyagahaga as the traditional custodians of the lands and waters on which we meet today. Today we will meet Lori Podolsky, who works as a records manager at McGill University Libraries. Okay, so my name is Lori Podolsky. Uh, I work as a records uh, analyst or manager at McGill University right now, and I started off as a manager, archives and records. And uh, my background is in archives and I've worked as an archivist and records manager um, in various different functions and places in Manitoba, Ontario, um, Alberta, and now here. Um, I got my degree at the University of Manitoba in archival studies with uh, Terry Cook and Tom Nesmith. And it was a fantastic program. There were nine of us in the program at the time, all women. And uh, after that, I think we kind of broke the mold and they said, well, we'll cap it at six. <laughs> but it was a great cohort of students and classmates and I really enjoyed it. That's great. What is your earliest memory of a library? Describe it and tell me, you know, where you were, how old you were. Don't remember exactly how old I was, but my earliest memory is elementary school and the school library. And um, going into the library at lunch, and we also had a time like with school, like as a class, we'd go into the library and pick out books and take them home and read them. Um, so that's probably one of my earliest. And then after that, we had a mobile library. Um, so it was like a little um, trailer, but you, could, you entered into it and it was like a mini library and it would park down by my elementary school in the summers. And every week I would pretty much go down there and come home with an armload of books and read the books. And they had a competition every summer for like to fundraise for the library where it was a bookworm. They called it a bookworm contest. And so you'd write down all the books that you read over the summer from the library and you would try and get people to give you donations, either like a, a just a basic amount, like a one, one time amount, or they'd give you so much per book. And I remember my mom saying to me, because I would read so many books, I'd have like the whole bookworm um, sheet filled up. And she'd be like, don't show anyone the number of books you wrote or you've read. And when you go to like go around and ask for donations, because <laughs> I've read so many. 
And um, so people would like say, okay, here's a dollar a book or something like that, thinking like two, three books. <laughs> I'd come back and like, I've read 15. <laughs> so I kind of would go around to the neighborhood and do that. And that would be my next early, like my next memory after that, doing that every summer. And after a couple of summers, pretty much the neighborhood caught on and they started just giving me a flat amount. <laughs> And uh, so I kind of think about that and it always reminds me of young Sheldon on TV, like the amount of books he would read and everything else. So I kind of think of myself as that way very early <laughs> on reading all these books and going to the library and taking books out and returning them and getting more every summer. So, yeah, I'm glad, you know, I'm sure that they were happy to give you a flat rate after that. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> When did you first use archives and what was, you know, why did you go to them? I kind of got introduced to archives theoretically in my undergrad in doing uh, the Native States minor and, and history minor at the University of Manitoba. So we would be talking about like primary sources and things like that, but I hadn't really used them at all at that point. Um, it wasn't until I did my first master's and I did that on the 1819 measles epidemic in Brandon House, so which was near Brandon House, Manitoba, current location. And that got me going into and using the Hudson's Bay Company archives records. Um, and so I started to look at the old post journals of the Hudson's Bay, reading about um, the different people coming into the, the trading posts, uh, reading about Peter Fiddler um, and things like that. And that kind of got me going into the archives on a regular basis. Then afterwards, I also got hired on as a research assistant and would do a little bit of research like um, for private, like individuals who couldn't make it into the archives because either they lived out of town or didn't have the time. So that was how I got introduced um, to using archive, archives as a primary source um, for research and as and then talking to one of the archivists there, who at the time was going through the archival studies program at the University of Manitoba, uh, I got to know her and she would, we would be talking and I was thinking about going into library studies and probably going to Western University. And she was saying like, did you think about the archival studies program at the University of Manitoba? And I was like, no, I hadn't even thought about it. I didn't really know about it. So she was telling me a little bit about that and telling me, you know, yeah, go talk to Dr. Cook and Dr. Nesmith. They are the, the lecturers, professors um, in the program and archivists themselves. So I reached out to them. And one day during the summer when I was doing some archival research, I met with them for coffee and started talking to them about the program. They were telling me about it and what was my background. I was telling them a little bit about me. And I said, well, go ahead and apply to the program. And I did and got accepted. And so I did the program and uh, the rest, as I say, is history. Look to the show notes on our website for additional material and to explore the projects that the Roar team has been working on. Our title song called Happy Sandbox was composed by Mativ and sourced from freesound.org. You can find all the credits in our show notes. Thank you to Professor Natalie Cook, director of this project at Team Roar, and to Jacqueline Sunberg, associate producer. I'm Sheetha Lodia, host and producer for this episode. Thanks for listening.